Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Model for all of us to be a, a good father. So I pick up a sermon, the passage from the Bible. That is in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 on. Luke chapter 15. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father. This is a story that I'm going to talk about. You heard the word prodigal son in this story. In fact, the whole story is not about only the prodigal son, but it's about the father and another son as well. If I want to give the title of this passage, I want to say, Two Sons and a Father, or The Love of the Father. So our focus today is going to be on the father, not on the prodigal son. But in order to understand the whole passage about this father with two sons, we need to understand the background of the story, why Jesus talk about this story. At that time, the religious leader were not happy with Jesus because Jesus Christ was spending time with sinners, with people who were in the gutter or in the garbage can in their eyes. Not only did Jesus spend time with the sinners, Jesus also ate dinner with them, dined with them, and that's for them is a no-no situation. They did not think that to spend time and have dinner with the sinner is the right thing to do. They might have thought in their heart that if Jesus claimed that the Father in heaven is his Father, why didn't Jesus listen to them and spend time with them who are the religious leader in that generation? Why did Jesus spend time with the sinner? That is the background of the story. Jesus wanted to teach the disciple and these people spiritual principle. Therefore, he began to share three stories in Luke chapter 15. The first story talks about a shepherd who lost one sheep. This shepherd was willing to go out of his way, left the 99 sheep behind, and was going after the lost sheep. And when he got that lost sheep, this is what he said in Luke chapter 15, verse 7. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Jesus was talking about the heart of the Father. They want to go after a lost sheep, a lost son. Then he was talking about a second parable or second story about a housewife. Jesus said that this housewife lost one of her coins. In fact, in that generation, when a woman gets married, she will have a wedding headband with 10 coins on the band. Nowadays, we have the wedding ring, but at that time, they have a headband, wedding headband. Out of the 10 coins, one coin drop off and disappear. So this woman did everything she could. She swept the floor, she mopped the floor, she looked everywhere for that one coin. Not because that coin is so expensive, but that coin meant so much to her. It's like a woman nowadays losing a wedding ring. How many people are wedded women in this room? How do you feel if you lose your wedding ring. That's how that lady feels, the housewife. So she did everything she could to find that one coin to put back on her wedding band. And after she found it, this is what happened in verses 9 and 10. When she had found it, she called her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I said to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. 
She threw a party. She was willing to spend even more money to feed all of her friends because she found something very valuable to her. And after these two story, Jesus talk about the third story, the prodigal son, or a love of the father. He explained a little bit longer story in this one because he wanted to drive his point home to the Pharisees. He wanted them to understand the love of the Father in heaven. And as that in this room and that who listen to this sermon, I want you to follow the footstep of our Heavenly Father. Our God is a loving God. Amen. In this story, there are three people as I mentioned about. Number one, a father who represents the Father in heaven. And two sons. These two sons represent two groups of people in the world. I just want to give you some background of the story so you understand. Because of these three persons involved, there are altogether three scenes that you need to understand and learn the spiritual lesson from this parable. In fact, in the world, there are three groups of people. One group of people are those who have deep relationship with God and stay in the house of God. And this group of people is not mentioned in this story. But another two group of people, number one, the group of people who got lost, get out of the house of God, get out of the kingdom of God, and live sinful life in the world. The third group of people are so-called Christians, still in the house, but had no relationship with God, like the Pharisees. And we're going to talk about these two group of people and see how the Father dealt with these two groups. You're going to learn spiritual lesson. Let's continue to read the story in verse 12. Luke chapter 15, verse 12. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. This father loved his children so much that he will let him go. A good father will not control his children, will not force his children. The Father in heaven gives us the freedom of choice. Whatever we want to do, he will not force us. He's not like a taskmaster come and whip us. He did not create us to be like a robot that he can program us and control us every day. He loves us so much that we all have the freedom of choice. And that's why it's so important that we make the right choice. This younger son came to the father and said, Dad, I'm tired of living here. You have so many rules. This house is too restrictive. I don't want to be around here anymore. I want to get out of here and enjoy my life. I'm going to find my fortune. I'm going to find new friends. I'm going to enjoy my life and run my own life. The father did not stop him. But it's interesting Before this young man left the house, he said, by the way, I want my money. And the father gave him the money. You see the story? That the father loved us so much that he gave us the freedom of choice. I'm going to enjoy my life. That's what he said. Look at verse 13. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country. Everyone say a far country. And there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. So this young man was let go by the father with a lot of money in his hand. And instead of going to the next city like Bellingham from Seattle, or maybe go to Tacoma, this man went as far from away from his home as much as he can. Like from here to Los Angeles, maybe from here to New York. He just went to a far country and he began to live a sinful life. He spent a lot of money. Maybe he slept all day and spent all night in nightclubs. Maybe he knew all the names of the nightclub in that city. He spent time with prostitutes, spent and spent all the money and lived a sinful life. Look at verse 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. This young man spent all the money. His saving, his money was running low. 
And one thing that he cannot control was the economy. Famine hit the city. The economy turned different direction, go downhill. The money that he had doesn't worth that much anymore, and he started to be in want. His friend left him. He did not have enough money to spend. He, he is in trouble. His life is falling apart. Look at verse 15. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. You notice that Jesus giving a very vivid picture of this man who walked out to sin against God, sin against his own father. You need to understand that Jesus was talking this story to the Jews. And there are two things about the heart of the Jews. Number one, they did not want to work for the Gentiles or non-Jewish people. They did not want to be slave to the Gentiles. Second thing, they did not like pigs because they consider pigs as unclean, dirty animal. This young man went down to the bottom. He was at the bottom of the barrel. He was working for the Gentile, and he was working with the pigs. His resource had run out. He had no more money. His friend disappeared when his money had run out. And he had a lot of friends who used to hang out with him, but they now are gone. He was really at the bottom of the barrel. And not only that, he was far away from his home, from his dad. At that time, there was no internet bank account that you can just email your dad and say, could you please send me $500? You cannot go to the ATM machine like today. So he did not have anything, and he lost everything. This first scene talked about this prodigal son. He was like many people nowadays that run away from God. Maybe some of them are Christians, and they run away from the church. They run away from the relationship with the Father. They don't want to be in the house of God anymore. Or maybe unbelievers who don't want to have anything to do with God. They are not in the kingdom of God. They decided to live their own life and choose their own path like this man. What happened? They ended up in a pig pen, in the pig place. When he was in the public, he made sure like, I'm okay. I have nothing wrong with me. But when he go back to his pig pen, he knows that he is in trouble. Has no friend. He was in the gutter of his life. He started to hang out with pigs. He started to hang out with the food of the pig, and he ate the food of the pig. It's very sad. And that's what happened when you walk away from God. You may try to find the fun things to do, but eventually the devil will come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. If you do not choose God, eventually one day you may face the lowest time of your life. You will start to eat the things that come from the kingdom of darkness. Pig, in this story, compared to unrighteousness. The food of the pig is compared to the thing that the kingdom of darkness will offer to you. Sickness, disease, Poverty, broken relationship, broken home. This man went out to look for fortune, but he ended up with failure. This man was looking for life, but he ended up finding nothing about himself. This man was looking for great employment in another far city, but he ended up to be unemployed. Very sad story. So Jesus wants to teach us spiritual lesson from this natural or physical lesson. Jesus did not want us to go into pig pen, spiritual pig pen. We need to make the decision every day that we are not going to walk away from our Father in heaven. Amen? And when we look at the people out there who don't know God, our heart should be full of compassion because we know the destiny of those who don't know God, those who don't have relationship with God, their life going to fall apart one day. They may not even know that they are living in darkness. This young man was going downhill, downhill, downhill. But God wants to save this man. The father loved him so much that allowed him to go out and learn the lesson of life. 
that when you walk in sin, you're gonna face the consequences of sin. The father loved him so much that he will not force this young man to do whatever he say, but he let him learn the lesson. And that's how the father sometimes need to treat the children. Let them learn the lesson. This man say, "I'm gonna go run my own life. I exclude you, father, from my life. I'm gonna become my own boss." I don't want your rules. I don't want your law. Your home is too boring. I'm gonna run my own life and see what happened. As he ran away from the father, he ran away from the resource. He ran away from what God can offer to them, and that's what happened to many people in the world right now. They try to take care of themselves, but they forget that the Father in heaven has all the resource to meet their need, and the Father. Wants them to come back home. Amen. I want you to learn this lesson, this first scene for two reasons. Number one, if you're gonna start to backslide and run away from church, run away from God, think about it, that you don't want to end up in the pig pen. Secondly, look at people outside that don't know God. That eternal destiny is eternal lake of fire. They will not be in heaven forever. They're going to live in the pig pen forever. Think about them. Not only that, their life will not be full of blessing and resource from God. Why don't we go out and help these people and try to get them to know Jesus Christ? Amen. That's our job. We need to go out and preach the gospel. Look at the second scene, verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, "How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare?" And I perish with hunger. So you can see the story that the father loved his son so much that he allowed his son to run away and have his own life. He would never force his son. The second thing about the love of the father is that the father is willing to welcome the son back. What happened in this story is that this man hit bottom of his life. He really hit bottom. He has no friend, no money. Ate the food of the pig. He have going down and down and down and down. And God allow or the Father allow that to happen so that He will look up and say, "God help me." Sometimes people do, do not want to repent when they have all the things in the world that they want to make fun in their life. Sometimes God need to allow difficulties to come in, suffering to come in, so that people will look up and say, "God." Could you please help me? You see, people in the world sometimes God allow them to go down to the bottom first, so that they can turn around to see God. Amen. That's gonna happen to many people who don't want to repent toward God. This man start to come to himself and say, "What am I doing here? This is crazy. My dad's hired servant can eat fried chicken, can eat bun thit nương, can eat burrito." Can have a lot of good food, but I'm eating the food of the pigs here. I don't even have the place to sleep. I need to sleep in the pig pen. What I'm doing here? He come to himself that I am in trouble, and he began to think what he should do. And that's what happened to a lot of people. Sometimes if they don't hit bottom, they will not seek God. Amen. That's why it's sometimes difficult to preach the gospel. To the highly educated, to the rich, to the affluent, and to the people in the city, in the town, that they can depend on social security, depend on their ATM card, they can depend on the system of the world, and they don't want anything about God because they think they can help themselves. They don't need God. Look at verse 18. I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. This son came to the state of saying, "I need my father. I was lost. I need to be found." This is the problem of humanity. You will never want to be found until you realize that you are lost. I remember many years ago, before I became a Christian, I was already graduating from medical school, and I was a very arrogant man. I had everything I want. I have a beautiful girlfriend named Da. I have my own car, Mitsubishi to drive. 
I was the number one in the class. I got the gold medal from the king of Thailand. I got everything I wanted, and I did not need God until one day somebody told me, "Doctor Lao, do you know that you are a sinner, and if you keep living your life like this, you're going to go downhill." And at that time, I began to realize that I was lost. I was lost in sin. I was lost in the pig pen, and I began to seeking to be found. People need to come to that state of their life that they know that they have lost and they need to be found. Unfortunately, a lot of people never realize that they are living in the pig pen. They're living in sin. They're living in the hands of the enemy, in the hand of Satan, but they still enjoy and have fun with their sin. That's why they never want to come to church. That's why they don't want to do anything with Christianity, with Jesus Christ. They have too much fun in life. That's the reason why a lot of people don't want to listen to the gospel. Too much fun. People need to come to the stage of realizing that they have lost. That's why when you pray for your loved ones, don't just pray that bless them, have a lot of money. Sometimes you need to pray. They need to come to the point of hit the bottom so that they will need God. One of the reasons that people don't want to come to God and be found by God is pride. I noticed that pride is a big problem of a lot of men. I'm talking to men right now. A lot of men in the world are prideful. When you are prideful, for example, your wife may come to you and say, "Honey, I think you are going the wrong direction. I think you are too moody. I think you are too negative. I think you are too pessimistic. I think you complain too much." And then, as a prideful man, you say, "Who are you? You tell me that I make mistake. Get out of here." I don't want to hear from you. Pride causes you not to listen to anybody, and not only that, you may know you're wrong, but you don't want to admit it. Pride also causes people to think this way: Yes, I'm wrong, but so what? If I go down to hell, it's my problem; it's not your problem. Pride also says, "Yes, I'm wrong, but I'm going to help myself. Don't tell me, honey, about what I'm wrong." That's what happened to a lot of men in the world. They're too prideful to listen to anybody. And that's caused trouble in the family and to the kids. I want to encourage all the men in this church to be humble, to listen to people. Amen. Don't be prideful because pride gonna keep you from coming to God and change and let Him help you. Pride is a big enemy. Amen. This son admitted that he was lost. He realized that he had no food, no friend. He Was going out to find fun, but it's not fun anymore. He has no money, no food to eat, no friend, nothing, no honor at all. What happened to him is we call repentance. This man came to himself or came to the stage of repentance. What does it mean, repentance? It means that the change of the heart attitude. This man changed the attitude. Say. I don't want this, this lifestyle any longer. This man say, "I think I'm going the wrong direction. I'm going downhill. I'm gonna turn back and go back to my father." That is his heart attitude. Secondly, repentance involves feeling or emotion. This man feels so bad about himself. He was so sad. He thought that he's gonna go out in the world to have fun, but now he was in the stage of sadness and depression. Thirdly. Repentance not only involves the attitude and emotion, but also it involves the will. He say, "I'm gonna get up, and I'm gonna go back home." The will, the action, take place when a person really repent. Look at verse 20. The Bible say, "And he arose." You see, the will make the action happen, and came to his father. But when he was still A great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This man was repenting. He came back home. You know, when I read this scripture, I was thinking about a picture of a dad was maybe sitting in the house, looking to the window, into the field, his own field, or maybe a dad was standing in the balcony, thinking and praying for his lost son, and suddenly he saw the lost son. Come in, coming into the property, 
his property. This father did not just sit around waiting for the son to show up. He ran out to the son, the love of the father. He ran out to greet the son first, hugged him and kissed him, and welcomed him with a joyful welcoming. What a father that we should imitate, the father in heaven. Please notice what the father did in this situation in verses 21 to 25. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandal on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and he began to be merry. When you read this story, this, there are two things that you can notice from this father. I want you guys to really follow the way of this father, the heavenly father. Number one, you notice that when the father ran out, he kissed, he hugged, and he welcomed gladly, joyfully. You notice that the father did not do this. Na, 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 na. I have told you that your life is going to be messed up. I have told you that your life is going to be falling apart. Na, 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 na. Now you come to me. You learn the lesson, okay? Did he say that? He did not condemn. He did not make that man feel bad. He did not make that young man feel guilty. He did not put him down. He did not even mention about his past mistake. He heard the confession of sin from his mouth, and that's it. He did not even dig it out and talk about it for another 10 years. He did not talk about it. He just shut, sip his mouth and say, let us celebrate. Let us have a party. Let's throw a party. I'm going to spend more money for you now, even though you took my money and burned it all away. I'm going to spend more money for you. That is our Father in heaven. Amen. He's a good Father. I want to show you the second thing that this Father did. You learn the lesson. I want to read verse 19 first. Verse 19 is the thought of this son before he arrived home. This is what he was talking to himself. Listen carefully. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. You look at that sentence. Make me like one of your hired servants. Now look at verses 21 to 24 again. Let's go back and read that. And the son said to him, now he, they met each other, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Is that what he said in verse 19 at the beginning? But the Bible said, But the father said to his servant. So you notice that this son never finished his sentence. The son did not have a chance to say, make me like one of your higher servants. The father just cut in right away and said, let's celebrate. Let's come in and have a party. What does it mean here? When you come back to God, God does not want you to be his slave. He wants to welcome you back as his son and daughter. And he wants to celebrate. He is more concerned about your well-being than who's going to serve him. The son wanted to serve the father, but the first intention of the father is not about you come in to be my higher servant and you serve me for the rest of your life. No. His concern is your well-being. I want you to be happy here. I want you to be blessed here. I want to take care of you. I want to protect you. You can see the heart of the Father here. Amen? He's not interested in having another higher servant. I want to encourage you today in the second scene. If you have lost, you should be found. Come home to God. You say, Pastor, you're talking to me in this church. I'm sitting in the church. What are you talking about? I lost. I tell you, many people who are sitting in the church are lost. They have no relationship with God anymore. They don't read the Bible anymore. 
They don't pray. They have bad attitudes toward the church, toward the pastor. They criticize. They don't walk in obedience anymore. I want to tell you: rise up, come home, come back to the first love for Jesus. Don't be the rebellious son anymore. You may be physically here, but your heart is far away from God. God say, "I'm gonna forgive you. Come back home right now. Let's be on fire for God again. Love the Lord again." Amen. I forgive you. I don't want to even talk about your past failure anymore. I don't want to condemn you anymore. Let's start a new life today. Come back to God and walk with God. Do you notice one thing about this prodigal son? Everything that he lost in his journey to the far city, he got it back in his home. In fact, he should not have spent those time in those far city. Because in his own home, he got everything he wanted. Think about it. He want friend. Now his dad threw a party. He wanted money. His dad said, "I have a lot of calf and a lot of animal to feed you. I have all the things that you need." This son want to have fun. They have a party at home. This son wanted to have honor. So the father said, "Give you the robe and the ring and the sandal. I honor you." Everything that you need in life, God can provide for you. Money, honor, friends, and everything that you need. You don't need to run away for, to the far city to seek those things. Our Father in heaven loves us so much that He's willing to let us go to do our own things to learn the lesson. Our Father loves us so much that He's willing to welcome us back when we repent and come back home. Look at Psalm. I love this scripture. Powerful scripture. Psalm chapter one o three verses ten to fourteen. He has not. He mean God has not dealt with us according to our sins. You may be the worst sinner in the world, but when you come back to God, He will not deal with you that you deserve. He gonna forgive you and forget about the past, nor punish us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are higher above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgression from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. For He knows our frame; He remembers that we are dust. You can see the kind of heavenly Father we worship. Our heavenly Father is the kind of God. That will forget our past mistake, and He will never condemn us. You may be in the dirt, in the dirty place, in the pig pen, but when you come up from the pig pen, He will put the snow over you, and that snow will cover your dirt. No one can see your dirt anymore. You may be in the pig pen and you feel so dirty, but the grace of God will cover you. The blood of Jesus will cover you, and you will be holy and righteous again. That's how our God works. Amen. We should thank God for that. Look at the third scene. Now we see the prodigal son. We see the father. Now look at the older son. Another kind of people in the world. Luke fifteen twenty five. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. You remember that this man had two sons. The younger son ran away, lived a prodigal life. But this older son was with the father all the time, working hard in the field. And when he came home, he heard songs and dancing and laughter. He was shocked. He was, "What's going on here? No one told me about this." Look at the, what the Bible says in verse 26 to 29. The Bible says, "He so he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, 'Your brother has come because he has received him.'" Safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry, would not go in. Therefore, his father came out. Everyone say, came out. You see the picture. This man was standing outside the house. He was mad. He was upset. He did not want to go into the house. But what happened? The dad came out. Okay, and when you follow me, you will see why the Bible says the dad came out. And pleaded with him, so he answered and said to his father, 
Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. This man was really mad. He used his own logical thinking. He blamed this old man. You old man, you did this to me. I served you so many years. I deserve better than my, what my younger brother got. Do you know that the fatted calf that you're feeding him right now? I am the one who feed that calf to be fatted. <laughs> I break my back so many times working for you. I break my knees so many times. I work long hours for you. I did everything for you all these years, but you forgot about me. Interesting. I really feel bad for him. I understand where he's coming from. But do you notice one thing? He was standing outside the house, and the father went out to him. The story, why Jesus said this to the Pharisees? Because a lot of people who claim to be Christians are like this older man, older son. They know all the law of God. They serve God in the church in the choir. They are the teacher in the church. They even teach a group of people in the church running the care group. They may be even pastors. They may be even worship leader. Do everything in the church all these years. But one thing that this man lack, he listened carefully. He did not know the Father. He knew only the law of the Father. He knew that in order to be a good, look good Christian, I need a position in the church. I need to have a title. I'm going to work hard to show people that I'm a hard-working Christian. But he did not know his own father's heart at all. That's what happened to the Pharisees. The Pharisees knew all the law. They work hard. They are religious leaders. Did they know the Father? Did they know Jesus? No. They don't have the heart of the Father. And that's what happened to a lot of Christians in the church today. They have all the title, the position, they taught, teach the Bible, they sing song in the church, they run the service, everything. They you know, may be preaching as a pastor, an evangelist, but they have no relationship with the Father. And they get mad when God starts to bless new believers who come to the church. When the younger brother came back home, these people got mad and not very happy. Look at verse 30. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, mean prostitute, and you killed the fatted calf for him? He complained. Do you notice one thing this brother, this older brother said? The son of yours came. The son of yours came. He did not say, he was still standing outside the house like this, talking to his dad. The son of yours. He did not call his younger brother, my younger brother. This man showed one thing here. That he really was religious. He did not understand about the family of God. He did not even understand his own father. He worked hard. He did a lot of things. Some of you may be in this condition in the church right now. You, know, you grew up in the church. You may be born in the nursery. Your, your mom just have a baby delivery in the, ba- in the nursery. You go to many, many uh, VBS, vacation Bible school. You have served in the church. You have position in the church. You never even left the church. You're inside the church all these years. But your heart starts to grow cold you begin to be critical against your church, critical against your own pastor. You begin to be judgmental. And your heart stays far and far away from the Father in heaven. And you just come to church because I don't want to look like a backslider anyway. I still want to practice Christian ritual here. But your heart is far away from the heart of God. And you begin to get mad that a new announcer come up. Who is he? He is new member in this church. He is can do announcement, but uh, how about me? I've been here for a long time, but he can announce, but I cannot do announcing. 
in the church. Maybe you see a new worship leader come up and you say, "Who is that guy that the pastor promote to be a worship leader? I have been here for many years, but you don't even promote me. You don't even take me out for dinner anymore." Is that the same thing? The same thing. That you don't understand. They are your brothers. You should rejoice when you see their promotion. You should rejoice that the Father in heaven loved them. Why criticize them? That we call self-righteousness. He thinks this way. My acceptance from the Father is my performance. It's not about my faith and my love and grace of God. Look at the Bible say in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. Not everyone who say to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? You can see that this guy, like that older brother, he served God, he prophesied, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Scary. So, in other words, you may be surprised that many people who are church members don't make it to heaven because their heart turned grow cold. I already finished just, a, just about 7 a.m. this morning typing the lesson, the sermon. I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning. I'm so lonely. My wife is not around. So I was sleeping in the couch all these many days. I didn't even sleep on my own bed because I missed my family so much. So I slept in the couch. I woke up at 5 a.m. And I don't know what to do. So I typed my sermon about two hours, calling Thailand, calling people. And then I just finished the last sentence this morning. The sermon is if you are saved, are you always saved? Can you lose your salvation? I'm going to preach in this church soon. So you let, let you know that not everyone who call me Lord, Lord are saved. And these people that we talk about are people in the church that the heart grow cold, start to live a sinful life, start to run away from God. They don't know God anymore. They don't want anything to do with God anymore. They just start to run away in their heart. The body is still here, but the heart is far away. Self-righteousness. Look at verse 31. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. So the father tried to say that, Hey, you have proximity to me. You can access me anytime. You can talk to me anytime. Why don't you know me? I have so many CDs in the church to listen to. I have a revival service. You can come to get touched by God. You have the care group to go and you can learn more about God in the care group. You have a one-on-one Bible study. You have the class that Pastor Tyson teach the new believer. You have so many things that you can access to me and learn about me and know me. But you ignore everything that we have in this house. You have everything in the house. But you just say, I don't care. I don't want to go to care group. I don't want to Bible study. I don't want to listen to any CD or revival service. Again, lay hand, fall under the power, the same old thing. I don't care anymore. I hope that many of you are not in this situation like the older brother. Amen? You think that this story talk only to the unbeliever outside. But this story talk about the church as well. All this People that look like this older brother. Look at verse 32. Look at what Jesus, this is the last verse I read. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. It's interesting. Again, the picture, this older brother standing outside the house yelling at his old man, his, his uh, father. And after the father said that word, lost and is found, the curtain dropped. The story stopped. What does it mean? The father loves us so much that he is not controlling us and he will let us go if you don't want to stay with him. The father loves us so much that he is willing to welcome us back gladly and forgive us and never talk about it again, about past mistakes. 
And the last thing, the Father loves us so much that He will let us make our own decision. The Father was standing outside the house with the older brother and say, this is it. You make decision. My son, whether you're going to come into the house or not. If you want to stand out here, it's fine with me. That's why the story stopped there. So what we learn here is that there are two groups of people. One group run away from God. And they one day repent and come back to the Father. And the Father received that repentant Christian and then go to heaven. But another group of people who are still in the church but have wrong attitudes, never know about God, just go to church to do performance, just to have activities in the church. And they are sinners too. They need forgiveness. But because of self-righteousness, because they know a lot, they've been in the church for a long time, they say, I don't need to repent. I don't need to walk into the house and join the party. I'm going to stand outside the house and put my hands together around my chest and get mad and have a bad attitude. I hope that all of us in this room and here, who hear this sermon will not be like the older son. But you will walk into the house and say, Father, I'm sorry, I misunderstand you. I repent of my sin. Some of you may be like this prodigal son who ran away from God and say, I'm going to come back home. God is speaking to you. Come back home, everybody. I have a party waiting for you. I'm going to kill the fat that God has to feed you. I will have protection for you. I'm the resource of your life. I will take care of you. Come back home to be with the Father. Don't live in self-righteousness anymore. Don't live in sin anymore. This is too extreme sin. Self-righteousness and sinful life that just running your own life. I pray that no one in this room will do that way, to just run away from God and never come back, or just stay in the church but have a heart, heart and heart and keep feeding yourself with self-righteousness and never come back to God. I pray that we all will turn around and come back to God. Amen? It's a Father Day. But we need to learn about the Father. Three things. The Father loves us so much to let us do whatever we want. He never put chain on us and force us like the robot. Two, He loves us so much that every time you come back to Him, He will welcome you. Three, He loves us so much that He will let us make our own decision whether we want to come home or not. My brothers and sisters, I want to end by saying two things. My job is to show good example to you. All these 28 years of my Christian walk, I never backslide even one day. I set good example in the church. I'm still on fire today, like when I first met Jesus in 1981. In fact, yesterday I told Pastor Kenny, I'm even more on fire than last year. I sit in my house. The fire of God burns on the inside of me. and say, I love Jesus so much. I want to serve Him. I want to just live my life for Him every single day. I never backslide. I set a good example to you. No matter how old I am, one day I'm going to stand up here at 90 years old preaching the message. I'm still going to be on fire to set good example to you. Never backslide. Never have bad attitude. Never hate the church. Second thing I can do is to preach you the truth. You listen, but one thing I cannot do, I cannot force you. I cannot tell you what to do. It's between you and God, you make your own choice. If you don't choose God, it's between you and Him, not me. Don't blame the pastor. I have done my best in this church to be example and to preach the truth to you every Sunday. You know, after this, I went back home. I edited my sermon another two hours to get CD out and get the podcast out for you to listen again so that you will not backslide. I spent about four hours a week to edit my sermon. How much I loved you. I've done my best. But if you want to choose to go to the far land, if you want to choose to stand outside the house and have bad attitude toward the pastor and toward the Father in heaven, 
is your own choice. I know when I stand before God that day, God cannot say, Dr. Lau, you have not done your best. I have done my best as a pastor of this church. And I beg all of you, many people out there are lost. Let's us become the church to think about the lost sheep, the lost koi, the lost son out there. We should not just enjoy being here, having good time. There's so many empty chairs in this church. Why don't we go and tell people about Jesus? I noticed one thing. You have only 24 hours a day. You can either be busy about being pity about yourself, criticizing the church, criticizing your husband, criticizing your pastor, being sitting there, get grumpy and upset, spending your time doing that, and you never bring anyone to Christ. Or you can spend time 24 hours a day blessing people, encouraging people, visiting people, go out and saving souls and helping people to grow, become a blessing to people. You know what I choose? I choose the second one. I'm not going to sit around being grumpy, complaining, being upset, and being negative. I'm going to be fruitful. I'm going to go out and take the lost soul into the kingdom of God. I'm going to do the work of God. And that's what I want to challenge you today. To rise up. Go back home. Amen? How many people? Maybe you backslide a little bit right now. Maybe you're not in the, that level yet, but you kind of step your foot out of the door a little bit from the kingdom of God. A little bit, not to the far city. But today I preach this message, I stop you on time. Not to walk away. Maybe you are the brother in this house, but you have that attitude, self-righteousness. What I like to do this morning, I haven't done this for a long time. I used to do a lot when I started the church. Is to ask people to the front and repent. And say, God, today, I want to do the right thing. I don't, don't want to be this two son anymore. I want to come back home. If you're those people and you feel convicted by the Holy Spirit to say, God, I'm going to love you. I'm going to serve you. I come to you by faith and receive your grace, not by my performance. I come back home today. I'm going to get rid of all the negative attitude that the devil put into my life. I'm going to go out and be fruitful and save soul and build the church and fill this room out the chair with God's people. Take so many people as I can to heaven with me. If you are those people, could you please come out here and ask God for forgiveness? Don't be ashamed of being repentant. Come out here. Hallelujah. Serve the Lord. Come back to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm not going to lay hand. I'm just going to pray for you. If you are in these conditions, these two conditions, maybe you are the prodigal son, prodigal daughter, run away from God, living a sinful life, and you say, I want to come back. Or today, you say, I have been in a church, but I never, never really know my Father in heaven. I never have a personal relationship with Him. I just go to church with my mom, with my spouse, but I never have a relationship with God. Today, I want to come back to God. Come home. Come out here. We don't know that we have tomorrow. Don't procrastinate. Come back home. Come to God. Come back home. Come back home. Come back home. Follow my prayer. Speak out loud to the Father. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against others in this life. Please forgive me. I come back home today. 
I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior in my life. I come back home. Hug me. Come back to my life. Kiss me. Throw a party for me, Lord. You are my resource. I repent in my attitude, my emotion, and my will. From today on, I will stay in the house to serve you. I know, Lord, you care about my well-being. Than what I can do for you. I don't come to you, Lord, because of my performance, but I come to you by faith, and you receive me by grace. Lord Jesus, sit on the throne of my life. From today on, I will read the Bible, listen to the sermon, go to the fellowship, and I want to get new, get to know you more and more. I want you to know me, and I know you, Lord. On that last day, you will not say, "I don't know you." But you will say, "I know you." Come in and rejoice in heaven. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'd like to pray for all of you. As I say, God is your resource. As I say, God is your helper. He is your provider. I know that you may face the same thing, like that prodigal son. You may be eating food of the pig pen. Maybe your children run away. Maybe you face financial difficulties. Maybe you are being fed by the darkness, the kingdom of darkness. I like to pray for you that from today on, God will feed you. God will take care of you in everything. He is your resource. Lift up your hand and receive by faith, Father. As your children come back to you today, I pray in Jesus' mighty name that your supernatural help, your supernatural miracle. Shall happen in their finances, in their family relationship, in their ministry, in their health, in everything that they touch. May you show your grace and mercy, your favor upon their life. As today they obey you, you will put Lord the blessing upon them. They will see. Your provision, your protection, your guidance, Lord. I say in the name of Jesus to bless all of you. Indeed, victory, victory, victory will come to you in the name of Jesus. Things will turn around in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, that debt will be paid off. Their finances will be rising up, not like the prodigal son anymore. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love you very much. In all of my heart, I want you to be blessed and really get to know God. Amen. It's not about me. It's about you know God. You need to know the Father in heaven. How many people promise that from today on you're gonna do your best to know your Father in heaven? Amen. Amen. Do everything you can. Go to care group, study Bible, listen to sermon, pray, whatever you can do. Be faithful in doing those things to know your God. Amen. God bless all of you. We trust this message has ministered to you. 
If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 